This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Richie. Might be on Walker. Pew. Pew! That'll do it! That will do it! Pew for Bournemouth! Hello, Cherries fans, and welcome to episode 148 of Back of the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. My name's Sam Davis, and on this show, we go over the weekend's 1-0 win at Oakwell as a Philip Billing header secured Bournemouth the three points at Barnsley. But to be fair, it wasn't a very convincing win. We hear all the post-match reaction from the free-for-all, and then later on in the show, we've got a chat with a commentating legend. Of course, next week, AFC Bournemouth will be playing Boreham Wood at home in the FA Cup, and we chat to iconic commentator Clive Tildesley. He's the man behind the mic on ITV on Sunday night. And we ask him, is the FA Cup still magic? We talk about his favourite cup commentaries, the disregarded ideas that he came up with that the FA didn't really warm up to, the least favourite gantries that he stood on during his career, and lots more besides. Clive Tilsley is coming up, but first, here's the fan reaction after that 1-0 win at Oakwell. OK, here outside Oakwell... 1-0 against Barnsley, mate. I mean, I'm not being funny. We didn't exactly overpower them, did we, Billy? It wasn't the greatest of games, but at the end of the day, we got the goal, we got the goal in the end. Uh, three points over, you know, it, it's, it's a great feeling to have. Especially it's come a long way. The, the amount of fans we took today was fantastic. You know, overall, it was just a fantastic day out for me. And um, you know what? The fans were amazing today. You know what? There was, there was a lot of noise. And expecting about 500, we took about, we took about 900 today. You know what? Fair, fair play to everyone that came, you know. Uh, at the end of the day, Emiliano Marcondes at the end, though, he was fantastic. Come over to the fans, thanked us, gave me a hug, you know. Marcondes, I love you. He, he's an amazing player. And um, you know what? The game wasn't pretty. I'm not going to lie. The game, no. it wasn't 100% our very best. But at the end of the day, it's all about three points. We won the game. And you know what? I'll take it tonight. I'll take it. All right, mate. Billy, thanks for coming on, mate. Thank you. Really Up the shows. It. Come on. Cheers, buddy. Thanks very much. Tommy J. Oh, no, come on. Hello, bud. How are you, mate? What's your name? Um, Luke. Luke. You've been on before, haven't you? Yes. Um, 1-0. We've got the result. We've got three points. What do you think of the performance? Well, the performance weren't great, but it's, uh, 
I will still take um, the three points because it's three points at the end of the day. And like when Blackburn, um, they will have a bad run sometime soon, and hopefully we get back to second or top of the league very soon. Who's your man of the match today for Bournemouth? Man of the match, oof, I would have to say Billen. I mean, he was like. He was on and off, but still, he got the goal, what led us to the win. So, nice yeah, one. pretty good, I'd say. Other cherries, mate. Other cherries. Other cherries. Dan. Hello, mate. Oh, my God. Well, you, you, you can see the match today, could you? Well, the pillar was in the way again. I can show you, I can show you a picture. Not, not, not as bad as Luton Town, but pretty... Um, I mate, know, it's the, back same level. <laughs> That performance, mate. I mean, we got the win, we got the three points, but... Bellin was dodgy towards the end. Very, yeah. very dodgy. I think it was him who played that pass towards our goal when yeah. K went to take him out. But I have to look back at that, but that wasn't good. But yeah, onwards to next week, I guess, is the way you have to look at it. But, you know, in terms of performance levels, I'm sort of looking at it and I thought we should be blowing this team away. We should have been 3 or 4 nil. Yeah. Especially in the first half, I thought we did, you know, pretty well created chances. But, yeah. again, it's that eternal problem, isn't it? Put the ball in the back of the net and just, a team like Fulham would have smashed him. Trying to pass it and then that's the problem, isn't we? We ain't trying to... Yeah, have a shot or anything from anywhere. Can't score from corners, but don't score headers. Has this made you feel any better? Because I thought this was the game that might make me feel yeah, yeah, better. Yeah, I thought it'd be the game that you know turned things around and looked before a positive for it. But it was just nothing, was there? Yeah, <laughs> it was no. just a lucky goal at the start. But yeah, yeah onwards next. Week, onwards and upwards. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Tom's here. Uh, yeah, yeah, go on. Yeah, come. Tom's here coming up. Hello, mate. Adam Woodland, mate. I do, mate. Your brother's been giving Tom shit on Twitter. You, got, you know, like you need to tell he's, him off. He, no, he's your number one fan. <laughs> he is. He's probably the number one subscriber. To be fair, um, Adam, you're a you're a man who tells it like it is. One nil, three points. That looks good, performance-wise. Best of the season, wasn't it? No, it was uh, not great. To be fair, another game where we should have gone in half time, three or four up. Just not taking a chance at the moment. But can it get much worse? Can go back now, can it? Surely. You think so? But I mean, they're bottom of the league. They've got so few points. Derby are like, you know, they're like, they're ahead of them, and Derby have had uh, minus twenty-one throughout the season. I, uh, Hull, I mean, like, this team aren't aren't great, Buzz. Like I said at halftime to one of the people on the group chat, they like they were like a Sunday League team in that first half. They were terrible. Couldn't pass. Couldn't do anything. But. I think we need some f- fresh faces. To be fair, I think it's got. I think they've all got comfortable. I think um, get a couple couple players in just to give them a bit of a boost. Really, I think we need it. Dom Stank needs to find his shooting boots again and push on. But I think signings are mu- a must now. I think we've got a we've got a we've got a push on now and try and get top two. I don't want to be disrespectful because Barnsley were in a horrible situation, but that second half was real poor for Bournemouth. It was probably the worst, worst second half. I thought the whole second half was terrible, but I think that's, that's up there for the worst performance probably in the years. I think it was, like I said, it felt like a pre-season game, that second half. We just sat there just doing nothing. And I think the highlight of that second half was our protest was louder than theirs. Yeah, yeah. It was just, yeah, it was, it was crazy. But we move on, don't we? We move, we move on. on. Cheers, Sam. Cheers, mate. Safe back, buddy. Cheers, we've got David here. Hello, mate. You all right? <laughs> I mean, you're happy with the points, but um, performance was a bit yeah hard um, work, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was I think it was Billings that scored. It was Billings or Solanke. Yeah, no, yeah, Billings had a yeah, yeah. Billings scored a header, and he never does. That. I know, but the wind was so bad. But the best, probably, well, probably I think the best player was Travers. He kept us in it. If if he didn't, if he was in goal, we would have lost. I don't know. Three, four, one. <laughs> well, you know what? You make a good point because you know they had a number of chances, and Travers was in the right place at the I right know, time. Too. Every he, single time, he made the saves look easy. But had he been anywhere no. else, you know what? They like, they could have snuck it. Um, Gary Cahill was unlucky to get sent off, but no, 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 you no. can't do a tackle like that. Two chances. That's. Uh, Who's your man of the match today then? Yeah, um, Travers, you say? Yeah, Travers. Um, Amazing. How, how does this leave you feeling ahead of a... Uh, you know, we're second in the league again now, brilliant. But no, we're third, I think. Are we, well, what did Blackburn win in the end? I think they drew. No, I, what we? Blackburn drew. So what we? We're second. Oh, yeah, we're second, we're second. We yeah, oh. we're second. We get second, we get an Are we? Are we, oh, okay. or are we second... 
third with the game in hand, Tom. Blackpool just equalised against Fulham. Blackpool just oh, equalised against yes. Fulham. You know what? That's I mean that's good. But anyway, um, one point off Blackburn. There we go, mate. You were right all along. Why do we doubt you? Um, so anyway, how does this leave you feeling ahead of? Um, some matches against Blackpool away, Birmingham at home. Yeah, I'm going to Blackpool. I'm going to Blackpool. I'm going to West Brom, April. Yeah. Because it, because it was, uh, yeah, it was going to be. we're in the yeah. cup. That's why we're not playing West Brom, February. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Are we going to get promoted? Um. Yes. All right. Well, they, you said it, mate. You said it, mate. Thanks for coming on. We're going to bring Tom on. Tom. Yeah. Get in there. <laughs> Tom Jordan's here as well, and Tom Jordan's got his uh, pretty in pink. Tom Jordan, you right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, I was just looking at the scores then, and Blackpool, Fulham games obviously delayed. So Blackpool have equalised. Not that I think it really matters because I don't see us going anywhere near them with that performance. Um, fortunately, the best thing about today was that um, obviously we got the three points, and um, Blackburn dropped two points. But um, performance-wise, bad. We talked to Barnsley fans before, weren't we, in the pub, and they were all very much like, you'll score at least five. And I'm yeah, thinking, honestly, three are they nil, that four, bad? Nil, five nil. Yeah. And then I've watched it, I can see why they're saying that, because they they are really, really poor. Um, but, mate, Travis is still our best player, I thought. Mm. Um, oh, we've got a bluebird coming through. Bluebird coach. Bluebird coach. The, you can pat Heather Pan to the coaches, say goodbye, see you later, boys. Girls. It is coach number two. Yeah, coach, coach number two. Oh, Come on, just when just when the talent comes on the screen, unbelievable. Have <laughs> yeah. um, coach number two. Let's watch pan. Out, watch out! Don't want to get run over by that. Those bad boys. There they go. Ah. Off they go. Um, so right. yeah, talk yeah. to me, mate. Talk to me. I mean, because it it wasn't great, eh? It wasn't. It was really poor. You, it, I hate I hate being despondent after a win because you think you know you've just got three points away from home. You should be really happy, but they were really poor. And I just thought we were sluggish, we were tedious, we were boring. Can't get it in the way. Cherry's Red Army's having a takeover. But yeah, it was, um, it, mate, it was, it was really poor. I mean, Billy's got a header, I suppose. I thought Pearson was good. I'll give him credit. I thought Pearson was good. And, but again, Travis is making saves to keep us in the game. Adam's trying to show me up. Um, but mate, it was, it, was, it was poor to watch, wasn't it? It was really, really a tough watch. We're very fortunate that they were really, really bad. Because any half-decent side has scored a couple there and we're losing the game. So... Yeah, take our medicine a little bit. We've got three points. We've got a distraction of the cup next week. Get a few more bodies in, and we need to we need to address some things. Fortunately, Kale's suspension is only going to be for Boreham Wood, which he wouldn't have played in anyway. But he was he was poor today. I mean, now he's getting ran ragged by them lot. I, I don't know, but worrying. But we got over the line. You're going to pick Adam up so he can be. Go on, put him on, on your him. shoulder. Go on, go on, do the. There you go, Adam Hensman. He's more heavier than you look. Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you okay? Uh, go on, what do you think of the game? Talk to me. What First away day. Very good. Not, not very good. But not the, not the second half, but the first half was really good. Yeah. Who's your man of the match today? Travers. Tra- Travers, says not the all. first person to have said that, says it all. Who is it who got uh, player of the season last season? Who's it, who got Begovic. Players? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's it very could cardboard. Be, it could be I him again when you think he's, about it. <laughs> he's well heavy. All right, mate. Thanks very much. Kirk. Go on, get over it, Kirky. Um, I'm concerned about Cherry's Red Army's Kirk, what he's got to say, because whilst it looks good that we got three points and the win and all that, I mean, performance-wise, blimey, mm. difficult. That's only a slight upgrade on Holloway, I think. It, yeah, it, weren't, yeah, yeah. it weren't that much better. And because we I feel like I want to hold on to something because that's what we were nearly doing against a, tight, <laughs> yeah. against a team that's heading towards League One. And so, we, um, we didn't really even create our own goal. It was a mistake. I mean, the keeper shouldn't have probably come out. And we were, I wouldn't say gifted. We had to work a little bit for it. But as good as gifted the, the goal that we did score. I mean, if we're going to give something back to Scott Parker, the conditions were a little bit tough and windy. windy yeah, um, but we had a, some chances in the first half we should have done better with. But, Another second half where I can't really remember us really testing the goalkeeper. I think there was a chance of Jaden Anthony down the left was blocked. Um, but yeah, it's just not enough, is it? It's still a little bit too passive. I- I'm actually frustrated with two things at the moment. I'm watching the game and seeing the ball stop in front of players. I don't like that. I don't like the ball physically yeah, yeah, stopping yeah. In, in front of the feet and they're like trying to evaluate who they're going to pass you. You've always got to keep turning the ball over. And that's starting to happen a lot at the moment. And then when we get possession with the likes of Travers from a corner or where they've attacked us and he grabs it, why are we not then hitting them yeah. for six on six, etc.? And we, we just we just wait for them to get back in position. Then Travers plays out to and then it's the whole build up again and 
it's built up without real pace and yeah it's probably highlighted everything I'm highlighting everything that's probably been said by Tom etc but it's three points we did say that at the start didn't we we did say look take a scrappy win if it is but it's still a bit uninspiring because 3-0 it should have been 4-0 yeah and well, that's what we were told. We'll take a we'll take a scrappy win because we want the points. Mm. But performance-wise, I mean, uh, I'm sort of happy that the next game is a cup game. Mm. Just to maybe, I mean, but we will we even sort ourselves out during that because we'll probably be playing a side that's fairly under strength, which makes me worry ahead of uh, some matches. What Blackpool and then Birmingham and look, we need six points from them. Mm. And I know that teams like Blackburn are slipping up. Fulham slipped up today, but. It's the performances that are going like, to build momentum. At the moment, it just seems like we're staggering over the line. I just wonder, as we're speaking right now, whether Neil Blake and Richie Hughes are on the phone to Blackburn and Derby and getting these deals done because we're not ruthless enough. Yeah. And as we hit that April period where we need to be in a good place, we're going to need to kill off teams a lot better than that. So um, we need to get some deals done in the next couple of days for me. In, um, in terms of those deals, what, if you if you could have a couple, who would you be having? Yeah, I want Lawrence, 100%. Yeah. We've only scored two goals outside the box. We haven't scored a direct free kick all season. No gimmies. You know, just goals where you get them where you haven't had to work for it. Just a, just a dead ball free kick. And Tom Lawrence will give you something like that. Maybe Rothwell will add. I'm surprised we're not in or hearing about anything regarding Swift. I think he's a similar player. And, you know, Keith Moore's mixed. I'm not sure. Maybe he would. But, again, look, Dom looks like he was trying today. He works hard. He looks like he was snatching at his chances instead of being more clinical like yeah, he has yeah, been. Um, but he definitely needs support. Look, he's played every single game, Dom Solanke. Yeah. I mean, he's going to get to a point where he's going to be on empty. Mm. So, um, Tom Lawrence definitely maybe a central attacking midfielder. And, um, yeah, we need something, don't we? Because yeah. we're going to need to kill off teams a lot better than this. Great. Kirk, cheers, mate. Cherries Red Army, Dr. K. Yeah, that's absolutely right. And uh, just like you, I'm probably going to be up late tonight editing the match day vlog. <laughs> Love it. Right, <laughs> let's go across. We're going we're gonna to walk and talk here. I feel like Martin Brundle on the grid walk as I bring in Matt Davis. Martin Brundle, this is what I feel like, Martin Brundle. Like you from Benetton? Um, what was that, what was that ages ago? United Colours of Benetton, <laughs> didn't you? United Colours of Benetton. Yeah. <laughs> you all right, mate? Very well, mate, yeah. Very, well, I'm not, actually. No. William, no, William's a red ball, the team's uh, I'm, mate, not, um, I'm not very well, though. No. Uh, 1-0, brilliant. Three points. Yeah. I mean, but, come on. I mean, we said before the game, didn't we? Let's just get the job done. Let's, let's get the three points. But we go 1-0 up. Yeah. Um, fl- lucky goal, really. Uh, not for our own yeah. making. And then we don't go for the juggler. There's no intensity there. There's no tempo there. Did you feel worse after that? Yeah. Than better? I, I do as well. Yeah. I feel, I feel worse after beating the team that's bottom of the league. That, that, I mean, they're so despondent, yet we, we made a meal of it. Yeah, we and absolutely They had did. chances. They had chances. And they probably, they could, they could reflect on it. I mean, they are, they're so poor. And they'll say, yeah. you know, we were speaking to Barnsley fans before the game, weren't we, in the pub, and they were saying, you'll, you'll win by five today, five or six, because that's how poor they are. And they are so, the standard today was awful. And I, I just felt that we, we got dragged down to their level. Um, we, we didn't shut... I just, we got the job done, that's all you can say, but it wasn't enjoyable. I didn't enjoy it one bit, I didn't enjoy watching. But just imagine um, us in the Premier League. Oh, we get ripped to shreds. <laughs> we'll get absolutely ripped to shreds with that squad that we... Something, something is, is fundamental. I don't, I don't want to be negative, I really don't. I don't want to come on this channel and be negative. I don't want to talk negatively, but it just, it just feels really, really flat at the moment. We just won 1-0 away at Barnsley. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, it just feels so flat. It's... it's it's unprecedented, really. Maybe some new fan. transfer blood will, will help us maybe some fresh you know, impetus, reinvigorate things. Fresh impetus is definitely needed at the moment. I think whether it's Tom Lawrence, um, not Kiefer Moore for me, as I've gone on record and said. I'd rather so, Kiefer Sutherland than that. Yeah. <laughs> no, Tom Lawrence... There's the creativity in the final third. I mean, Ryan, it's, it's almost like it's becoming a little bit... Un- other people have probably said this. It's becoming a bit scripted. It feels like Scott Parker has, has got a manual yeah. and, he, and he's, saying to, he, he's drilling them on the training ground and he's saying to them, this is that, there's, here's my 10-point plan to score a goal and here's my 10-point plan of what I want from you. And it feels like players are not being allowed the freedom to express themselves. That's how it feels to me. And they're just going through the motions on the football pitch. It felt like today we got the goal let's just see it out for the next 75 minutes get the job done and get the hell out of here I suppose in a way if you can look at it on a positive that 
we have got the three points, yet we're still looking negatively. Therefore, there is some work to do. So maybe that's one positive <laughs> that's, way you can look at it. That's the only positive you can take from it, Sam. I think we, we, it's we, not like we're complacently thinking, right? We played amazing tonight. Yeah. We'll you know do like do that again in the next game. Yeah. We've got work to do still, which is good. We, we've got three points. Um, what, what are we? One point off second with a mm. game in hand. So that's the positive to take. And we're not. We're really not very happy, are we? As a supporter base and as hopefully as, as players and, and, and management team as well. So that's that's the positive you can take but from here I think we, we really need to um, take a break now with the Boreham Wood game get through that one and, and really kick on now because it's it's becoming it's pivotal part of the season isn't it and we've got to get the, we've got to get it done yeah cheers mate thank you very much cheers Sam Stevie Stevie H come and have a word Hello, Samuel um, B. I was stood next to you for most of that yeah were you happy happy yeah no mm. It's, it's strange, isn't it, saying that it's you're so not weird. happy with a 1-0 win away. But it was very uninspiring. Unex- un- un- inspiring, that was it. No, I don't know, we got, us, we got our noses in front early doors and then we just did, we resorted back to that sort of pass, 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 not really doing anything with it, controlling the, do- you know, controlling the ball, but equally opened up very easily it's, on the counter it's almost like we took the lead and then we sat back oh you know we yeah, haven't seen that I mean, at all like for every game we, we weren't warned about that were we before the season started <laughs> by X amount of Fulham fans but <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't know where to go with it anymore um, yeah it's I don't know what to say, to be honest. No, I don't, yeah. It's, you know it's, what? A, it's a sad sort of state of affairs that you, you, you come all this way to see that sort of performance, but it just didn't seem our levels in it. Yet we, won, yet we won, it's so weird. Yeah, no, no, like... But that's, that goes to show how poor Barnsley are and what yeah. state they're in. But yet, we weren't much better than them. You know, they'll be dancing in the streets tonight. Of... Well, every, every one well, of their no, fans was saying three or four would put past yeah. them, and we were sort of went, mm, I'll be happy with one or two. And that's why it turned out. And to be fair, that goal we scored was a bit of a cock up by their yeah, keeper. Yeah. You know, opportunist strike. You know, Billing scores a header. You know, they have a. In, yeah, <laughs> in, in some ways, right, because we've got to speak to a number of Barnsley fans today. And in some ways, I suppose it's the perfect result for us because. We, you know, like we've got the win, but also they didn't get trounced. They didn't get trounced, and maybe that will give them a little bit to go. I mean, they're as good as down, but they are. But you know, I feel sorry for them massively, and you know, our fans sort of contributed to singing songs for them about their owners today, which was nice touch. Yeah, really good. Um, But yeah, they. I mean, they didn't show a lot, but we, like I said, we didn't show a lot either, and. At the, you know, it could have been a draw that game yeah, yeah. quite easily, and I would have been, I would have said, well, fair play to you, Barnsley, because I thought they did enough to probably scrape a draw. As it was, we got the win, and that's all that matters. We said at the beginning we'd have taken a scrappy one 0 That's what it turned out to be. Onwards and upwards. Forget about this one and if, go to Birmingham. If you, if your face was an emoji now, <laughs> would it be, would it be a, a big smile? Would it be like, I mean, or would it be all that? Do you know that with, one a li- with a line that no, goes right across it? Do you, know that, do you know that one with the two uh, air things? Kind of like, oh, frustrated. That one, <laughs> Tom. Tom, if you were, I come back up, take two. Yeah, if, emoji face. What would it be? If this were, if this performance was an emoji face, which one would it be? Would it be the, would it be the line across for the mouth, or would it be the slight smile, or would it be like? Red face fuming. Is there one like with a knife in the throat? Or? <laughs> <laughs> Mate, Blackpool are drawing. We're going up. We're going, We're going up. up Premier League. All right. So, yeah, fans there. Obviously, happy with the three points, but the performance itself wasn't particularly great and we we did our best to squander it. But never mind, we we march on and how are we saying never mind after three points? What a bizarre season that we're having. It could get even more bizarre next week. I'm sure it won't. We're playing Bournemouth in the FA Cup and for ITV, leading the commentary team is Clive Tildesley. So we chat to him about nearly everything football, including his meticulous preparation for the game, his bewilderment at some modern matchday commentators, and also his reaction to the We Want Clive tweets that he would have witnessed during the Euros, as uh, a lot of people didn't particularly warm to Sam Matterface. 
This was myself, Sam Davis, with Clive Tildesley. In towards Schmeichel. It's come for Dwight York. Cleared. Geeks with a shot. Cherry Name on the trophy. And on Sergio Ramos. It's a good cross. Gerard! What about that? Chelsea's man for the big occasion scores his biggest ever goal in what may be his last match for the club. And his chances. So we've got Clive Tildesley here with us. Clive, how are you? I'm absolutely fine. My mum my lives in Bournemouth, by the way. I'm a, I'm a regular visitor. That's what I was about to say. You're you're a regular to the area because last time for ITV you were here, I think it was 2014, uh, a loss against Liverpool in the FA Cup. I recall that. Um, I was just looking through um, my files of notes in preparation for Sunday's game. I actually covered um, Boreham Wood versus Brentford in the FA Cup at Boreham Wood in um, 2012, Mm. I think. And um, Luke Garrard, who is now the manager, um, was a a player coach at the time, um, was injured for the game, funnily enough. Um, But uh, yeah, ITV have had um, the FA Cup contract on and off over the course of my career. Um, let's face it, um, Bournemouth and the FA Cup is, is, not, is not a great long story to tell. You know, one or two heroics back in Harry Redknapp's uh, day. Um, but last season was about as good as it's ever got, I think, for the club, isn't it? So um, uh, what with limited coverage of, uh, of Premier League football, in my experience, um, I haven't actually been to. I'm glad you still call it Dean Court in your, um, mm. in your email to me. It'll always be Dean Court to me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm always of uh, the Dean Court train of thought. And yeah, the last time you were here with ITV, we lost 2-0 on that day. And as you mentioned, as you alluded to, 2-0 was the scoreline for one of our most famous FA Cup moments, beating Manchester United. That was 1984. It was Milton Graham and Ian Thompson uh, that scored the goals for the Cherries. And I think Cherries fans would be happy with that result on Sunday. We'd be equally happy with an 11-0 as we did against Margate when Ted McDougal scored <laughs> scored nine. And funnily enough, actually, mentioning those three names, we've chatted to all of them on previous videos on this channel and they've expressed their joy at the magic of the FA Cup. And whilst some people think that the magic might be lost when the bigger teams at home, when it comes to these kind of upsets, it doesn't always work like that, does it? It certainly doesn't. Um... The magic of the FA Cup, I'm I'm old enough to recall the days when the FA Cup was FA Cup final was perhaps the biggest game played on these shores and maybe on television um, mm. at any stage during the year. Um, you know, we we had a a kind of misty, a romantic affiliation with the the European Cup, what has become the Champions League from afar. Um, and certainly when Celtic won it, Manchester United won back in the 1960s, it, it, you know, these were landmark moments in the development of British football. But FA Cup final day as a national event, um, I mean, I, I don't know how many of, uh, of your viewers will be uh, of an age to remember when both BBC and ITV came on the air at whatever, 10.30 in the morning. Oh, watching the teams. Yeah. Sort of gone past uh, six o'clock. Um, now, the FA Cup in 2022 is—it's um, a different animal. Like, like a lot of football institutions, it's had to find its place in the new order. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I do think the the back in um, 1999 when Manchester United were given leave from the FA Cup from defending the FA Cup in order to concentrate on the World Club Championship, it did mark. Um, 
a, you know quite a, an important point in 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 the way that the the cup has evolved and and say had to learn to to live with its its new status and um when i was um allocated this cup tie a couple of weeks ago one of the very first things i looked at was the week following the tie and uh, and what commitments the two teams had and obviously you've got a really really big league game next wednesday and um i don't think you know there's a single cherries fan who um would i i don't know what the lineup's going to be any more than than you do at this stage yeah. but we're not really expecting to see solanke or lerma or uh, uh billing um or travers um and yeah. i and I think we all kind of accept that now. Now, whether that has diminished the magic of the cup for the fans um, or not is a, is, is a personal choice. There was quite a lot of excitement around the third round. Um, there was, mm. You know, there were some good stories in the third round of which Boreham would have won. Um, and they will, they will be full strength uh, or as close to full strength as they can be on Sunday. But then they'll probably only name four or five substitutes. You know, that's the, the nature of the beast. They are... Mm. Um, quite close to the top of the National League in terms of points, but they are rock bottom in terms of attendance. You've had to learn to live with Premier League football on a on the gate receipts of 11,000, um, so you can probably identify with that to a degree. But, you know, they are punching above their weight, very much as Bournemouth have done uh, regularly in the last uh, decade uh, or so. So there is a certain amount of romance comes with them, but, you know, this is not a team of butchers, bakers and candlestick makers. This is... Mm. Um, I, I'm going to made some notes today and one of the things I'm going to say quite early in in the in the broadcast is I'm not I'm not going to use the phrase non-league very often this this no. is not a non-league team uh, that and the National League this season is hugely competitive um I mean there's some there are some budgets in in the National League that League One teams are envious of there's a salary cap Absolutely. coming in next season so there's a scramble to get out of that league there are only two promotion places and just for Boreham Wood to be in contention for one of those um, is is quite something. So there's there's a there is a romance around the tie, um, but it's I th I think to answer your question in a long-winded way, it's up to you really as Bournemouth fans to 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 say before kickoff whether you're happy for Scotty to go with a a team which you know may show eight or nine changes um, from last weekend. And, and therefore happy to accept the outcome if it's not a good one. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. And it does seem like the gap between League Two and the National League is closing. So you're right to not mention non-League too much. Whereas with maybe the Premier League and the Championship, it's you know it's getting bigger. There's there's certainly not much of a difference. I've I've got to say. So whether we'll see an upset or a cup set, as we like to call it, yet to be seen. But uh, have you got a favourite FA Cup commentary where the underdog has actually won? One that sticks in your memory? Um, well, I, I I did commentate on Wigan Athletic's victory in the final. That that may be the last great underdog mm. uh, cup final win. I mean, for all the um, the compromises that the leading clubs make in in team selections. For um, FA Cup ties, you look at the list of winners in in the last twenty years, and um, again, I'm I'm of an age where I can remember the the nineteen seventies and early eighties when the, the, there was some FA Cup final stories which are told to this day. Um, you know, of, of Southampton and, and Sunderland and uh, and of Wimbledon, um, but. Um, I, I mean, you'd only need. I'm not a betting man, but you'd have to look at the odds, and um, mm. you know, you you won't find any mid-table Premier League clubs amongst the, the favourites. Um, you know, most of the big clubs that can be still in. I mean, the, the, there was a heavyweight clash in the in the third round are still in, and and they'll probably find a way through to the latter stages again. And um, it's kind of a, a test for the commentator. A bit, bit what well, you know, what is a television commentator? We are kind of journalists, really. And um, I think there's always a, a perception that we're expected, uh, particularly working maybe for a commercial network, to hype up the product. Mm. Um, well, you won't hear that from me on Sunday. I think it is, as I say, I think you have to be realistic about what we're watching here. And it still has, um, um, it ha it has a distinctive feel because of the knockout nature. Um, and actually... I'm not, even though some of the finest FA Cup ties I've ever seen have been replays, you know, without FA Cup replays, we would have never 
seen Ryan Giggs's goal in oh, wow, uh, yeah. against Arsenal. Do you know Ronnie Radford's famous goal was in a replay? Mm. Uh, there are, you know, uh, Ricky Villa at Wembley is a re- an FA Cup replay. But if we've seen the last ever FA Cup fi- FA Cup replay, and who knows, we may have done that. But I think ITV broadcast a game at Barrow before Christmas, which was a replay, and mm. it wouldn't surprise or appall me if we never ever see an FA Cup replay again. I think in away it, it just makes the the competition as it is in the in the 21st century even more distinctive um i i, I was reading today about um the 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 infamous grimsby golden goal uh which defeated um the cherries and their one and only wembley occasion appearance uh, don't remind me what a horrible day bring, bring the golden goal back you know into i i think without getting too gimmicky you know, I think the FA Cup does, it, it needs continual lift in order to fight back against the, the natural attrition of of major clubs with other priorities. So, say, mm. without turning it into um, Ant versus Deck or anything, you know, I, I, I'm not against, um, uh, you know, one or two kind of improvised um, additions to the, the FA Cup uh, recipe. I remember when ITV won the contract probably about 15 years ago and we we sat down with the with the fa and they they actually asked for some new ideas i'm t- talking out of school a little bit and uh, i was in the meeting and i did have a couple of ideas and it it's funny they were both it, it sort of laughed out of court i suggested that the the draws that the televised live draws um should be conducted not in the way that they've always been conducted but all the home teams should be drawn first so halfway through the program, you still don't know any of the ties. But everybody who says, we don't care as long as we're at home, at least you know halfway through the, the draw, whether you're <laughs> home or away. Um, no, I can't do that. It's uh, true. Yeah. And then the other thing that I suggested, I mean, again, I don't know, forgive me if I'm sounding like I'm 400 years old. There was a, <laughs> there was a day when at every football league game, the away team ran out first on their right, own. Yeah. And, and got, you know, the usual dogs abuse, although in the FA Cup, um, you get 10% ticket allocation. So, you know, at Old Trafford, that's whatever, seven and a half thousand people or something. So they usually get big away followings um, at, at major cup ties. So I thought that was kind of, kind of quite, no, nah, no, you can't do that. We've all got to come out and be friends and shake hands and, you know, have a mascot with them. Well, there you go. If you don't want to change the FA Cup, don't change it. But don't ask don't ask me for any ideas. That's, um, that's but, really interesting. I mean, because they've tried, they've tried the, they obviously the golden goal, which you painfully reminded me of. Wayne Burnett, <laughs> it was, that scored the winner in 1998, that was. And I think after that, they came to the compromise with a silver goal that didn't last too long, which yeah. was in the first half of... Uh, yeah, I commentated on a few Euro, Euro Championship games like that. Yeah. And, and then, you know, the penalty shootouts changing to the ABBA method and yeah. uh, all sorts of things that just haven't really stuck. Uh, one thing about the beauty of the FA Cup, I think, is just the the range of grounds you come to, the randomness of the ties you have. And, you know, some grounds, I'm sure you'll admit, uh, are poorer than others. Now, back in 1997, I remember this match. Sky Sports had the contract for the FA Cup and uh, Alan Parry was commentating for Sky. (laughs) And at the time, we were in our stadium before it was redeveloped and it was the new stand, which you can see on screen there, and the gantry where Alan had to stand, which was on top of the stand in that green, horrible netting. The weather was awful. Yeah, the weather was awful. You had to climb up a ladder and uh, the, the conditions that day were absolutely absolutely atrocious uh, you're in the relative dry and luxury on sunday but uh, there must be some terrible places that you've commentated at i can remember dean court when it was three-sided i'm not imagining that can i that was later wasn't it that was when they turned the pitch around that's yeah? right yeah it was yeah. early 21st century yeah yeah that's um, right 2001 it opened yeah 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 and uh, it was three sides. The, 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 there was an end behind the goal that was open, wasn't it? For years, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a car park, and then there was a sand bank there and hoardings. But now, finally, we've got a temporary <laughs> stand there. We're still, we're still not quite there, but we've got something. And there've always been, there's always been discussion of moving into the park next door, hasn't there? Is that are they ongoing, or is that sort of on quiet now? It's faded away somewhat because under Eddie Howe's tenure, we bought some land uh, a few miles away uh, near a pool, actually, for a big training facility that, that oh, would be rivaling yeah. Southampton's. And that's that's been 
part developed the land has been cleared for it the groundworks have been done but nothing more than that and it was always his priority to get that sorted and then hopefully the new stadium which they mooted to be on the fields at king's park just adjacent to where we are now but but obviously you know being relegated from the premier league and also with the pandemic as well it just means everything is in, in limbo maybe if we're promoted this season, it could be better. But in in terms of um, where you've commentated and what have been the most challenging environments, <laughs> name a ground. Go on. <laughs> um, well, uh, when people always say, you know, what's your favourite football stadium? Uh, I, I always say, well, I rate them by commentary position. Sorry, nothing to do with <laughs> atmosphere or, uh, the you know, the architecture. It's, it's whether we can see or not. And um, mm. there are some no-excuse commentary positions in the Premier League. But um, even in the uh, second round of, of this season's competition at Salford City, which is, you know, I mean, quite a wealthy club by, well, certainly by League Two standards, probably the wealthiest club in, in League Two. But you are sharing a, um, a bird's nest with two cameras. And as the cameras swing round, your view of the, of the goal at one end is, is masked. And you are, we do have a television monitor, which is very too close to us, really, in a, in a, cramped situation like that and your head is going up and down between the pitch and the monitor because there are corners and parts of 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 the ground that you can't see and we've had the you know the added delight of um in the 21st century of apologizing every time uh, any kind of profanity is picked up by the effects microphone in the first two rounds which is a a legal requirement it's not I'm not suddenly come over all Methodist. I think I did it about seven times at Salford wow. uh, in the game against uh, uh, Chesterfield. Um, and maybe I'm going deaf, but when I watch the recording back, as I always try to do, because that's how you learn as to whether or not I couldn't hear any of them. So <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Maybe we maybe we're becoming a little bit sensitive. But I, I'm um, I am I am uh, I, I'm mindful of um, of a commentary position, um, and I'm name dropping now. I. I I actually worked for the BBC at the 1994 World Cup hmm. and my opening game was Cameroon versus Romania. And um, I actually went to the Cameroon training camp two days um, successively to to try to um, familiarise myself with the look of the players. And um, I, it's just, I'm afraid, a, a, a natural human failing um that um, uh, white Caucasian uh, uh, people have more trouble recognizing uh, black African people uh, than they, you know, we would at a white Caucasian team. I, th- mm. I, th- I believe it's the, the, the same is true in reverse. Mm. Um, so I was struggling a little bit with these Cameroon players standing uh, 12, 15 meters away from them. But when I actually got inside the stadium, which was at the LA Coliseum where they had the, the final out of the Pasadena uh, and Pasadena, um, Honestly, I might as well have been on the Goodyear blimp. I was so far away from the field. I, the players were just ants in the far distance. And I, I just allowed myself a little chuckle that having fretted over the identification of these players at uh, a distance of 10 metres, I now felt I was like about uh, 10 miles away. Um, and I bet somehow you, you know, you, you find a way, running styles, um, uh, wristbands, hair colours, boot colours. Yeah, um, you find a way to uh, to identify the players. Um, uh, it's just uh, I, I, I've drawn up a kind of a a rough starting Bournemouth squad, and um, I've got to research about. It. I mean, if the likes of um, uh, Rossi and Mariah Welsh are involved again, then I, I mean, I'm I'm picking from a pool of a, you know, even with. Cahill suspension and a couple of injuries. Um, there's a, a potential sort of 27, 28 players, which is a lot more research than I really need to be doing for a, uh, well, uh, a final well, uh, team of 11. That's it. I mean, I was I was about to, you know what, in terms of the commentary, the local commentator for BBC Radio Solent here, Chris Temple, who you probably won't be a million miles away from on Sunday, he always complains about striped shirts and you know, sometimes the numbers <laughs> on the back and sometimes they don't make it clear enough. And never he, complain. He, we've got we've got a dream job. You must never well, complain. <laughs> no. Well, you know what? I've been I've been scouting around your YouTube channel and look, I mean, some of your notes are unbelievable. This has been taken from from one of your videos, the 2004 League Cup final here. And your notes, it's fair to say, are meticulous for a game like this. When ITV gave you the call 
and said, you know, can you do Bournemouth v Bournemouth? At what point are you starting to sort of delve well, into research? There's the stuff? first thing that I did a couple of weeks ago. Can I show you that? Yeah. So that is wow. what I call a, a results and appearance grid. Now, I keep them for Premier League uh, clubs, but I don't keep them for championship clubs. I've got Bournemouth from two years ago and three years yeah. ago and four years ago, but I haven't, I've made this up spe specifically so that I'm across. Um, the names, the appearances, who's played, in what positions, how often, uh, goal scored. Um, and the process, I, I, I know it's all written. Uh, I know I could do that on a spreadsheet. Maybe, again, it's a side of my age. Maybe uh, from my early schooling, um, I revised by ex for exams by copying out. That, that's how it goes in this thick skull here. Um, so I still keep um, – I mean, I'll, I'll prepare some of my notes um, uh, on a – uh, on a word and, uh, and and print them off on a word document and print them off. But um, yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a, a couple of written team sheets and then I'll just shade in in yellow, the starters before the game. It's not that the, the commentary charts that um, we now sell um, mm. the prints of them. We don't have a Bournemouth one yet. Um, right, okay. We you're on our list. Mm. Um, the weird thing is that, I'm not sure what the iconic Bournemouth game of the last 20 years is. Um, it, there are one or two clubs where a, a match stands out. We've just done Charlton Athletic and their famous playoff final when Mendonca scored the hat-trick. I mean, that, that that's a no-brainer. You do that game, even though it was a while ago. But I'm not quite sure what the iconic Bournemouth game, maybe it's something you could yeah. uh, pick up. And if, if you can pull a, enough fans then we'll, we'll create a Bournemouth chart going forward. Uh, because while we started the enterprise with matches that I'd actually commentated on, we started to get a request stroke demands from people. Wait, wait a minute, where's our commentary chart? Well, I wasn't at that game. doesn't matter. So mm. we, I've, I've actually retrospectively researched uh, games and, and produced a commentary chart like that, which I is very that. much in the style of the commentary charts that I will operate with on Sunday. Although on Sunday, I'll probably have, six or seven different sheets of paper with that information spread across, which doesn't look so good in the downstairs loo. So we put it all on, <laughs> on sort of one A4, A3 uh, chart for, for, for display. But it is it's, it is in the same style. So, I mean, my preparations began when um, uh, I was allocated the game. And mm. um, uh, you won't want to remember Bournemouth's last appearance uh, on, on Sky, but at least it gave me a, a, a clear insight into... Mm. Um, you know, the setup of the team uh, and so on. And actually, Boreham would have appeared on um, a BT Sport game yeah. uh, quite recently. So they've been helpful. Uh, and you can get videos now of just about every football match that's, uh, yeah. that's being played around the globe. So in terms of uh, identification and so on, um, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, up to speed with these two teams, even though most of my work is now uh, Premier League and Champions League. Mm. I won't. Uh, I won't keep you too much longer. But in terms of iconic games, I'm just trying to think. Uh, probably none during the Premier League era. But the match to get us there, I think, when you go on these websites that sell these uh, printouts of like CFAX, where they do the you know page three hundred two football, and then it's got the score lines on. It's the Bournemouth v Bolton game that got yeah. us there, where we won three nil, and uh, loads of people have got mugs and all sorts of memorabilia, tea towels. The lot, so I'm sure that's one that a lot of Bournemouth well, fans will a, probably Maybe see. a chart to, to follow. I was doing a bit of research. We we mentioned the um, uh, um, you know Harry's game against uh, Manchester United. Mm. Uh, I I think I came across a, a Bournemouth giant killing where Eddie scored the winning goal. Was it? Um, I, I'm I'm not looking at my notes mm. at the moment. West Bromwich Albion at yeah, yeah. the old Dean Court. He's I think yeah. he won one nil or something. Yeah, but he he did score the winner. I was there. Yeah, so um, uh, yeah, no, there is there's a little bit of FA Cup pedigree, and of course it, it's easy, it's very easy to forget where Bournemouth were ten years ago, um, mm. and, and nearly you know we're never going to be another ten years of mm. of, of Bournemouth and Boscombe Athletic, as I would always remember. Yeah, that's the... <laughs> um, I don't get AFC Bournemouth at all. Just get rid of that. What's all yeah, that? Yeah, it 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 all came around when they when they did this new logo and then uh, they wanted it to be first in alphabetical order and all this kind of newfangled stuff. It's uh, yeah, it's you know Bournemouth and Boscombe. We all still shout Boscombe. So uh, one thing I was going to ask is, of course, outside the stadium, the majority of people that are going to be watching on ITV4, they're going to want an upset. So. 
as a commentator, do you almost have to err on the side of the underdog somewhat, or do you, or do you stay neutral? I mean, when surely when Bournemouth score, that like the tone of your voice is going to be slightly different to if Boreham would score, right? And not if you've been two 0 down and get back to three two. No, <laughs> agreed. <laughs> um, my mentor, um, the late great Reg Guttridge, who um, took me under his wing a million years ago and taught me 99% of what I know about the job that I do. Um, One of his um, recurring dictums was identify your audience and commentate to it. And in a sense, you know, when England are playing, I mean, I I commentated on the the World Cup semi-final in 18, which was 30 million people watching. Mm. And um, yeah, okay, we're a very diverse nation, which is great. Um, there would have been some Croatians watching, but and there would have been uh, quite a lot of Scots and Welsh and Irish who would um, in, not necessarily pulling for England. Um, and, you know, in the modern world, maybe even some Chelsea and Liverpool and whatever fans who, you know, don't really like international football. Uh, but the vast majority of your audience are engaged with a football match in a way that they'll probably never be engaged um, England in a World Cup semi-final. And so is it a crime to say we occasionally? I mean, as long as you're not blurting it out every step of the way, as long as you're still being objective, as long as you're prepared to say we are crap, if we are crap, <laughs> yeah. um, then I think, yeah, I think commentating to your audience is important. And, yeah, I mean, the reason this tie has been chosen by ITV and the selections have been quite interesting, really. Um, you know, ITV are a commercial uh, enterprise who are looking for audiences. So they've gone with Manchester United tonight. Mm. They've gone with Liverpool at home um, because uh, commercially they are one and two and three is nowhere in terms of attracting viewers um, and and possibly let Forest Leicester and Kidderminster West Ham slip through their grasp, which would appear to be the more appealing cup ties of the weekend. Yeah. So it's almost ITV's offering to um david and goliath if you like um that the final tie of the 16 um is is going to be this one i'm i'm a little i i listen it's not my choice it, it, it as many people watching will know itv basically got rid of me two years ago mm. so i am now kind of working as a freelance so i'm not speaking on behalf of itv um but um I yeah i think it's a shame that it's on itv4 i mean i i would yeah. i think at that time of night um, particularly, the, I'm sure they could have got the kickoff at five thirty. Um, you know, I think that I think it's a good ITV one product. But there you go. Um, ITV four is fairly freely available to to you know most people uh, um, in the in the current era. So um, we'll, we'll see what the audience is. But yeah, I've got to commentate to the audience. And yeah. aside from Bournemouth fans who can't make it. Uh, and Boreham Woods average attendance is under 900. Yeah. So the, there aren't millions looking in cheering for them. Um, it's the um, it's the passing trade of, of somebody saying, I wonder what this fifth division team are all about. And um, yeah, if if um, if they come up with a result on Sunday, then I guess it's um, it's it's a more appealing story um, than it puts out a team which. Um, wins three nil easing up i'm i'm just hoping personally that there's going to be no iconic remember the name uh, oh, hello hello here we go that, no. name no, on I the say, trophy none of that really special moments and of course now you've got rid of Neeland, you're not even going to throw one in for us so <laughs> exactly <laughs> um do you, just a quick question do you still get the you know look You've commentated on some of the largest games in world football, the World Cup finals, Champions League uh, finals, FA Cup finals, Bournemouth v. Borehamwood in the fourth round. Do you still get the rush of adrenaline when they throw to you in your live? Ah, yeah. I mean, the, mm. the, this game will be more important um, to some viewers than than any Champions League final. Mm. Um, and they're the people you've got to... Well, I say they're the people you've got to commentate to. I think... Mm. With a general audience, the further into the competition we go, the bigger the audience becomes, the more you maybe need to introduce even some of the, the Bournemouth names to that wider audience. Yeah. Uh, um, and so, um, I, you know, I think you've, you've got to be, I mean, you know, somebody like Jamal Lowe wouldn't, wouldn't be a household name in most Premier League households, but 
he will catch the eye if he plays. I want to imagine he will. Um, you know, so you know the likes of Lowe and Anthony will hopefully ha- have almost um, not quite the same luster of a non-league team, but you know, interesting young players who a lot of the viewers won't know. Mm-hmm. And if if they turn it on, as we know they can, um, then uh, yeah, I mean, it, it it is a it is a question of of sort of easing people into the game and. And introducing them, you know, one or two. Oddly, probably if he, if he figures, um, Todd Campbell might be the most familiar yeah. face on the field to um, a lot of viewers. Even Nat Phillips, you know, played enough for Liverpool last season uh, to be somebody that people will be um, aware of. And then if we are assuming that uh, Dom doesn't start or, um, you know, again, um, you, you know, obviously Gary Cahill's not going to play. So, yeah, you are, you're, you are introducing players who are not the kind of household names we're going to see in the Manchester United lineup tonight and the Liverpool lineup uh, in the in the cup tie before. Mm. Well, I tell you what, uh, on behalf of me and many football fans, I mean it's nice to see the FA Cup all on terrestrial TV. Of course, BBC and BT Sport had it before, but with the way they do, I mean they've done it with the Six Nations as well. They sort of club together this Absolutely. time. Absolutely. Yeah. It, and some credit sure... to the FA. I mean they get a lot of speed, but but I think by keeping it um on terrestrial television and the audiences that we can pull, keeping England on terrestrial television, largely yeah. on terrestrial television, um, then I think they keep, the, you know, they keep those very, very important um, competition and team uh, in in the public eye. And, and, and it, you know, that we, we kind of take it for granted that Sky and to a lesser extent BT, still less than 50% households in the, in the country, Oh, and um, the way the energy bills are going up, it, that's that figure is going to come down rather than than up. It's going to be a tough year for a lot of people, and um, and and subscription TV may be one of the first things to go. So um, this is this is a, a better stage for um, uh, for the you know if you like the product that the FA have, and I'm 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 really really pleased that the, just as with the Six Nations, they've kept it there for a, a free to air audience. Yeah, absolutely. And and finally, just wanted to say that uh, we we enjoyed having you on our screens during the Euros. You weren't on it enough, in my opinion. Uh, you must have seen the outpouring of love for you, specifically your commentary duo with Ali McCoyst and others. Um, and, you know, when certain other people are commentating or maybe it's on another channel, there's a lot of tweets that I was witnessing saying, all I want is Clive Tildesley's voice on this. That That must be so nice to hear and see. Do you know, I've not worked with Ali since last July. Hmm. Wow. Um, and, um, I mean, we're big mates. We're in hmm. contact a lot. Um, but, uh, yeah, we, I mean, you know, vanity aside, we, we, we were, seemed to go down well as a, as a partnership. We've known each other for donkey's years. Um, uh, I, I, I mean, I, obviously, I don't make these decisions. I try to accept them as gracefully as I can. I know I'm 67 years of age um, and I'm not going to be able to do this forever. Um, I'm hopefully my own biggest critic. Uh, mm. I still try to keep my standards at a level th- that I recognise. Um, I try to limit myself to three games in a week. Um, I scratch my head when I hear commentators working five nights out of six. or yeah. I just don't think you can make the game as special for the people that matter most, um, if you're taking on that kind of workload, I understand. I'm, I'm a freelance myself now. I only get paid when I work. Mm. But um, uh, yeah, I th- you know I think there are certain standards that I value out there. Probably the the ones that were given to me by people like Reg Guttridge and Brian Moore yeah. in my early years. Um, I know things change all the time. I've got four kids in their twenties, so. It's not like I'm detached from young thinking or, or indeed young media consumption. Um, and it's part of my job and business to stay across that without ever trying to be down with the kids or anything stupid like that. Um, so it's it is it's particularly heartening when uh, I get messages from people who are clearly um, the south side of 30 years of age and mm-hmm. still enjoying my work. And that... Um, yeah, that kind of um, makes me happy and makes me a little annoyed if the truth's told because mm. um, I, you know, I don't, 
I think experience is a great is a great value as long as you keep the blinkers off. Yeah. Um, and as long as you don't start to become one of those boring old uncles who thinks that any music that was made after 1980s rubbish um, I, 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 or movies or whatever, I am not one of those people. I like 2022 very much indeed. I've never been happier in my life. Um, and those four kids are four of my best friends in the world. So I am, you know, I'm, it's my duty as a parent to be in touch with the views of, of younger people. And I hope that that's reflected um in the commentaries. I, I did actually make a note today to have a go at the rebranding of football. Um, it's, I mean, League Two is not League Two. Um, it's it's the fourth division, which is what it was 30 years ago. And 20 years ago, it became miraculously Division Three. Yeah. And then it was turned into League Two. Now, that is not old-fashioned for somebody to say that. So why, 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 we, why did we do this? Try to explain the league pyramid system to a non-believer, you know, mm. somebody who's no idea. Um, I might just say that on Sunday, but part of me is also thinking if I say that, when well, I sound like an old bugger who nobody cares about anymore, and I don't want to be seen as that. But I do think that sometimes if you've had experiences – uh, down the course of year, and you use them properly and and relate them to the contemporary world in which I very very happily live, then I hopefully I'm still relevant enough to carry on working for a little while to come yet. Mm. Well, you know, you say League Two now, and if you if you talk about your Division Two from the past, you're thinking, okay, so was that when the divisions were uh, Premier yeah. One, Two, Three, or is that when it was Premier Championship? Let's one, go two, back to One, Two, Three, Four, and Five. Uh, the, it um, would be so much now, easier. The fall from four to five is no longer no longer comes with the stigma or the mm. end of the world that it once did. I mean, Crikey, you've been down there. Mm. You know, I mean, quite apart from and having people knocking on the door asking where the bills are going to be paid, not very long ago, you've been down there. It, it is possible to come all the way back up, even. With a with a stadium which only holds eleven thousand people, so uh, you know that, and and the, there is a strong argument at the moment for saying there should be more uh, clubs promoted from from the number five yeah. to number four um, because number five is so strong at the moment. Um, but that's you know that's a, that's a different debate, not for an FA Cup uh, <laughs> weekend. But um, w w what isn't, um, I, I don't think, off the table are the thoughts of people who have actually been watching this game for a little while. As long as I say um, they don't yearn for muddy pitches and, and and balls which weigh about fourteen kilograms anymore, you know, as long as you accept that football today is probably faster, more skillful, more athletic, uh, and more pleasing on the eye than it's ever been, and I and maybe it is, then I think um, your experience of what it was like and what it has been like is is still of value in a commentary. Yeah, I'm sure we could talk about many things, including why why four <laughs> teams get promoted. Do, yeah. <laughs> why do four teams get promoted from League Two? Why is it not three like the rest of them? And all these well, different whatever, issues. Because you've, just you've, got, you've got Turkey's voted for Christmas, I'm afraid. So <laughs> that's, that's right. <laughs> Clive, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it, and hope it all goes well on Sunday. What time does your day start? Oh, um, well, my day started now, really, but I'll probably pop in to see mum on the way. Mum lives down in St. Peter's Road, so um, oh, yeah. I, I'm, it's a birthday the weekend after, so I'm back down for a birthday, um, oh, which is actually on Valentine's Day, would you believe? But oh, um, I will pop my head in and and and, and say hello. And uh, uh, I took her to um, took her to see a different Liverpool match. She's a bit of a uh, a closet. Um, a Reds fan, and um, I took her out for lunch um, the day Liverpool came down and, and, and arranged for Stephen Gerrard to come and surprise her while we were having a bit of lunch, and he walked in. She's still got the photograph. She, she loves wow. him more than far more than she loves me. I'm her only child. And um, so it, it, there's a framed photograph on that. One of those big hotel, big old-fashioned hotels on, on West Cliff there, um, we, we, uh, we went and had lunch there, and uh, I arranged for him to come in and surprise her. So um, and then I took her to the, to the game and uh, mm -hmm. Liverpool definitely won because um, uh, Max Fitzgerald, who's uh, the big friend, who was the media officer yeah. now at Wolverhampton, who was the media officer down there. Um, he arranged for a couple of seats in 
in the main stand and she stood up and cheered when Liverpool scored. I was not quite able to do that anymore. <laughs> no, not really. It might have been the four niller when uh, I, I remember Liverpool putting four past us once. It uh, might have been. Time. It was quite. It, it wasn't a nice day. It was quite. It was an evening match, so maybe oh, an night, evening but, one. But uh, Liverpool won. So yeah. anyway, but yeah, I'll pop in to see Mum, and um, uh, yeah, I'll. Um, I, I mean, I'll be on the road. I don't know, uh, eleven o'clock, something like that. Mm. Well, we'll be looking forward to hearing your dulcet ch- uh, your tones talking over a 3 0 Bournemouth win at the weekend when we watched will the highlights. Will it sell out? Will, will, will Bournemouth fill it or not? Uh, I'm not too sure. I think they are, they're going on the marketing drive because when a person buys a ticket, they get a point, which could be useful for Premier League football next year. So that's the kind of slant they're going for. Yeah. But I think they're about 75% of the way there. So there are still tickets oh, available. Oh, great. The I think Boreham would have sold out. It needs anyway. to be for the cup then. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, when it's on terrestrial television, it is, you know, that's one of the downsides. But um, yeah, hopefully, fill it. So hopefully, uh, if the victory is uh, suitably good, you can listen when you go home. <laughs> Clive, thanks very much for coming on. Really appreciate okay, it. Okay, thank you. Take care. Good luck. Thank Good luck you. with promotion. Thank you. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant to hear from Clive Tildesley there. Absolutely superb. And uh, I'm sure we'll get him on again. Should be a good match next week against Bournemouth. Hopefully a chance to score a few goals and get that confidence back up again. So thanks so much for tuning in to episode 148. We're closing in on our century and a half. Well, to be honest, if you're a regular pod listener, you'll know that we've numbered some episodes slightly differently. And also we did our Euro, so we've actually done more than 150 podcasts. However, for the sake of argument, we're nearing 150. Next week, it's all about Boreham Wood, but also we'll be covering our match against Birmingham City as well. So you've got a Vidal Sassoon two-in-one wash and go. Fingers crossed, it won't be cup chaos. Until the next episode, you've been listening to Back in the Net, the AFC Bournemouth podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.